Welcome back, everybody, to Going With The Flow. Uh, this is uh, this is the River Academy's podcast called Going With The Flow. My name is Tyler Howitt. And I'm Michael McArdle. We're back for season two. Um, it has been, I think... Two years since the last time that we recorded, it might even be, uh, it might even be less. In fact, here it has been, it has been over three years. I'm, I'm looking back at our last episode date. Our last episode date uh, was March 23rd, 2020. The world had just shut down for COVID, and uh, so did our podcast, and we never brought it back. Uh, but we are back right here and right now. We have a new co-host, and we are, uh, we are ready to, to. Yep. Talk about what we do here at the River Academy and what we do in classical education. So, my name is Tyler Howitt. I'll uh, I'll introduce myself in just a little bit, but I want to I want to bring uh, our new co-host, Michael McArdle, beloved teacher at the River Academy, uh, and let him let him talk about himself. Who, Mike, Michael? Who are you? <clears throat> well, yes, I'm a teacher at the River Academy and a father, and I love my job and love serving the Lord as a Bible teacher. And this is my seventh year at the River. I can't believe it. It's wild. Yeah, my River Academy journey started uh, two weeks before the school year in the fall of 2017. Yeah, I think so. We don't do math. That's why we're the history, literature, humane letters teachers, which we'll get into. And I started teaching in third grade and was hired two weeks before school started and yep. spent some time in sixth grade. And now I'm... You were two years in third grade, a year in, in sixth? Six, yep. And yeah. now I'm in seven, eight, eleven, twelve. Yep. And what do you teach letters. now? Humane letters, seven, Bible yep. eight, and apologetics and world religions. And spent some time in HL8 and still help with that. Yeah. So. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm Tyler Howitt. I've been here for eight years. I was here one year earlier than, than Michael... Um, this is, I think my 16th year teaching. I teach, uh, I teach, uh, humane letters, 10th grade, which is Renaissance and Reformation literature and history. And then I teach rhetoric one and rhetoric two for our 11th and 12th graders. And I'm the thesis, the senior thesis coordinator. Um, and I'm the, what a, I'm the Dean of Academics dean, at the River, the River Academy. Yeah. We like our, we like our titles here at the River Academy. Um, well, uh, we've been mentioning we're at the River Academy. Uh, if you are a parent here at the River Academy, you know this already. We, we are here in Wenatchee, Washington. But uh, if you have stumbled upon this podcast somehow miraculously from somewhere else, if you look at the state of Washington and, and just point to the dead center of it. Next to uh, a river. Next to a river. That's We are the River Academy. That's where we are. That's where Wenatchee, Washington is. Um, well, we are, uh, we are a classical Christian school. Um, our goal kind of with this podcast is to, to tell you what that means through what we do. So we are, like I said, we're bringing the podcast back. Um, before we, we did a lot of kind of general topics, some, some of parenting, some of relationships, some of, um, some with, with education, some technology. Um, but what we're going to do here is, is sort of two series we have planned for the year. Uh, we could mix it up and we might change some things around a little bit, but at the moment, the first half of the year is going to be the subjects that we teach. What, what are the things that we teach at the River Academy? Big picture. So today we're going to start with uh, talking about humane letters. If we have a core, if we have a core to the River Academy's education, at least in secondary, um, which is seventh through twelfth grade, it's humane letters. Um, and so we'll spend some time talking about that. So I won't do that now. But we we also teach. You know, we're a classical Christian school. We teach. Uh, Latin, logic, rhetoric, apologetics, 
world religions, uh, but quite alongside, for sure, your, your traditional math and science classes. But all of the things that we do, we do with our own flavor, both a, a classical uh, pedagogy and flavor, but then also the River Academy, we're, we're a little weird, I think. We're, we're, our weirdness comes from our relational joy that we have, that yeah. those are part of our two pillars of our school. Yeah, our, it's two of our four yeah, pillars two of, of our school. four pillars, yeah. so classical... Yes, we can follow classical curriculum and methods of teaching. Christian, we hold to a strong biblical worldview and that God's word is the truth yeah. and Jesus Christ is the risen son of God. Right. But we also focus on being intentionally relational with each other as a staff and with our students in yep. positive ways because we're meant to be in relationship with with one another. Well, we are the body of Christ, right? right? Yeah. And so, and from that comes joy from the Lord. And right. it's not joy that we can just fabricate, but it's true, authentic joy from the Lord because right. we are trying to intentionally develop Christian relationships. Right. And what's even great is these relationships last beyond students' times being here mm-hmm. with alumni and parents yep. and other people involved in the community. So, yeah. That's a big part of what we do as well. Yeah. What we're hoping to do also, in, in kind of reflecting that, is, is again, we're bringing this back. So, you know, things things can shift and change. We're, we're kind of adapting to the way that things are. But we have um, we, we have a couple of maybe interviews planned. We uh, may be recording things like uh, our parent education nights, our parent partnering nights that we'll, that we'll have a couple of times throughout the year. So there may be bonus episodes that come throughout – um, with with interviews with alumni and um, interviews with uh, with parents, or just maybe maybe a good chapel talk that um, that is uh, important and worth worth putting on air. So and also bringing in teachers yeah. to dive into content or specific pieces of literature to yeah. provide some insight. You don't like want a, the two of us talking about yeah. math, yeah, no or science, yeah. <laughs> but you know, here's 15 minutes about this subject or this topic for parents, so you can have some background yeah. information to help your kids exactly as they go through this process, yeah, of being classically educated. Yep, and it is it is a process. It's yeah. a long it's a long process. Um, so, like like I had mentioned, we've two series planned for this season. The first is subjects what do we do and we'll go through each and every one of our, our subjects as well uh, as as elementary and how we tackle them in elementary and then deep dive into books so one of the common things that we hear from parents is you know you teach you teach the Iliad man I wish I had read that in high school or I read that in high school and I hated it but my my son or daughter seems to love it what do you guys do with that or you know how can I talk to my my son or daughter about this book that you guys are reading and so we're, we're going to try and bring, in the second half of the year, try to bring uh, attention to the books that we read and, and do a, a bit of a deep dive. Not like a, not three or four episodes on the Iliad, but just one, one, you know, condensed version. We'll tell you what it's about. We'll tell you what the, um, you know, what the big topics are that we talk about and maybe even some suggestions for how you can talk with your yeah. son or daughter about what they're, what they're reading. And the reason we want to do that is it and do all these things is because of our mission statement. Our purpose is to partner with parents in educating their children to become the next generation of Christian leaders equipped to shape culture through faithful, wise, and joyful Christian living. And the first part of our statement is to partner with you, the parents. And so this podcast is meant to be an extension of that. So we can partner with you and you can have access to these resources. Yep. 
So, uh, well, before we dive into our topic, the last thing I'll say is we've got a new email address. I literally just created it before the, the podcast started. Uh, it's podcast at theriveracademy.org. If you have any questions, you know, another another bonus episode we might do randomly or, or we might just do them at the end of different episodes is answering uh, questions that you have. So um, questions about... Uh, about classical education in general, Christian education in general, questions about what we've said in the podcast in terms of, you know, this, this episode is on humane letters um, or, or uh, even something that you would like us to tackle. You know, I can't, can't guarantee you that we'll, you know, immediately plan a new episode based on, based on that, but it's always good to know what people want to hear. So um, that's the email address there is podcast at theriveracademy.org. And I'll try and say that again at the end, just to to go for it. And one last shout out to our intro and outro music by our own alumni, DJ Wyatt Darnell <laughs> on the ones and twos. Yep. He just, just graduated last year. His senior thesis was on uh, was on EDM music and, and uh, how you can use that to glorify God. And we asked him to compose, uh, to compose something for he, this. He is a composer, an electronic is. composer. Yep. Yep. Next level. So if, if you're hearing this, if you're hearing us talk about it, that happened. If you're not, we cut this out and uh, <laughs> and, and it's not in there. <laughs> and he said no. And he said but no. He'll probably say yes. <laughs> He'll probably say yes. Yeah. All right, Michael. Well, what is Humane Letters? So Humane Letters is basically studying the writings of mankind, humane, human letters, mm-hmm. writings. And so we divide the grades up into different eras, yep. which we'll get into at the end of what, what does each grade go mm-hmm. through. But we're looking at these these writings of mankind throughout history mm-hmm. and to see the worldviews that have existed before us and cause, have caused the world that we live in now yep. and the consequences of mankind suppressing the truth of God and exchanging it for a lie, as Paul would write. In, yep. Paul does write in Romans <laughs> yeah, 1, not yeah. would write. but And so... With that, we obviously are studying literature, mm-hmm. but there's also knowing the context and knowing the daily life of these people helps us better understand what they're writing. So that's why in Humane Letters, we teach history alongside literature, right. and we use the books, as Mr. Hedick would say, as our time machine to travel back in time and try to experience and feel what people during these times we're feeling. So it's like we can't go back in time to the right. Roaring Twenties, but we can read The Great Gatsby right. and look at art and see and feel the experiences of these characters who were living um, living during that time. And then with that as well, we're teaching critical thinking and yep. analysis, right, to, to look at the different worldviews. And we also, with that, put put in writing yep. so that they can form arguments and thesis statements and learn how to support what they think right. rather than just have it saying what they feel, but exactly. to think and yeah. support it. Yeah. So that's a lot to cover. So how do we cover it? I, well, the River Academy, we do that in two, peri- two periods a day, right? Sometimes it's a block. I'm lucky enough that I've got uh, I've got a block of two periods. Is my uh, second and third period this year is is uh, put together. You've got yours separated, but that's maybe because you teach junior hires. Yeah, having, I having I junior... once had a double period of seventh graders, and I said never, never again. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and and so we it's a lot. Like you said, it's a lot to cover in these two periods, um, and and even more because these aren't these aren't traditional um, history and English classes, right? So. Um, 
when when we it is it does get a little funky when we're trying to talk about transcripts and and how things transfer or, or move in because we don't have a history class we don't have a, a, an english or a literature class or a writing class we have them all rolled into one they are they are inex, you know inextricable from from one another um because well and talk about this a little bit you know why is it important that we do that instead of just Okay, now, uh, you know, class, memorize all of the dates, you know, in the Renaissance, and I'm mm-hmm. going to give you a test on it later. Yeah, because I guess a different example I'd use, because I don't know yeah. everything about the Renaissance, sure. is thinking back to ancient history mm-hmm. and the Greeks and Romans. Right. So why do you what, have to have them memorize all yeah. of the Roman emperors? Yeah. What? Why? Why would we have them? Um, do that or why do we have them memorize all of the the Greeks rulers and all of the dates and facts of this and that um, about the Trojan War for example right sure that's cool but if it goes in one ear out the other you regurgitate it on a test how has your life been changed how has the way you think been changed right because that's the goal we want to like Paul says again in Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. So we want to continually renew our minds and shape how we think from a biblical worldview. So I could memorize all there is about the Greek empire to Alexander the Great, or what would be more impactful to, to read the Iliad and look at the rage and pride of Achilles and how the consequences of his actions utterly destroy his life right. and look in my own life at, at rage and pride and how that causes destruction in my own life yep. and and seeing that that godlessness yep. Yep. and like wow there and that he, humanism that, that, that is humanism, the core of it all yeah where he's he is the center of it all and he determines what's right or wrong yeah just like the renaissance right. man the measure of all things we want kids to think through that to bring them to a place of renewing their minds a place of repentance yeah. and seeking the lord in a real way and even just in my own life teaching yep. the, the Iliad, it's like when I am on that that boiling point of tipping to rage, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to act like Achilles, like a complete idiot, yep. uh, big baby. He is not a hero <laughs> uh, for all my students out there. Achilles is not a hero. Yep. You cannot prove me wrong. Anyways. Well, but, and, and knowing that Alexander the Great carried the Iliad yeah. and the Odyssey with him into battle. Because he wanted to be like Achilles. Exactly. And he goes around and rages and exactly. murders the whole world exactly. because of his pride. Mm-hmm. And so we want those stories to be impactful and applicable yeah. and these life lessons that are are looking at not just the Bible, right. but also looking at cultures that are godless and the consequences of their worldview and their actions. Yeah. And we do that through the biblical lens yep. and filter, yeah. So they can start to make those practical applications yeah. in history. Well, in this, in this day and age, all of our all of our stuff is is lookupable, right? Like it's all Google Googleable. You can you can find all of the dates. You know, um, do I do I need? I want I want my students to know that 1066 is an important date. You know, when when William the Conqueror invaded. So it gives them a time frame of... Um, yeah, when. it gives them a structure. I want them to know the ebb and flow of history, how one thing led to the other. But do they need to know every single moment of it uh, off the top of their head? Because they can look they can look the details up. I want them to know consequences. I want them to know ideas and how ideas have shaped our world. Not just, you know, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Like, it, it's, it is more than just date memorization. 
at least in secondary. In elementary, it's more about date memorization. I, I want them to have that framework you know, burned into their minds. And that's part of the classical model yeah. of the grammar or the facts. And then in middle school, the logic where yeah. they start to learn the critical the why. thinking, the yep. why. And then the rhetoric stage brings it all together mm-hmm. and they're now creating something new and, and, and communicating. Yeah. It. But what's great about the River Academy is you could go to a third grade class and sure they're learning the nuts and bolts basics of grammar, but they're also thinking. Yeah. And they're also communicating. Yep. And you're doing all three stages yep. all the time, yep. no matter what grade you're in. Yeah. It's just the the depth that you go exactly. expands as the kids are older and their brains develop yeah. develop more. And yeah. so that's that's what's really cool about our how we are trying to do things here. Is yeah. We're not just saying memorization only in this stage. No. Right. Everyone there's a place for memorization so they can start to think critically yeah. and communicate. Yeah. Um, well, even even my rhetoric students right now. So 11th grade, you know, we're supposed to be in the rhetoric the rhetoric stage, which is only expression and all this other stuff. And that that's by the way a misunderstanding of of Dorothy Sayers. If you want if you want to know more about that, you could read um, Dorothy Sayers Lost Tools of Learning. I think we have it on our website. Um, you can also read the most uh, current edition of Classis. Uh, which is the the magazine that that ACCS, the Association of Classical Christian Schools, put out? They they are actually debating Dorothy Sayers right now in that in that uh, in that magazine. But um, and this is September of 2023, depending on when you're listening to this, I guess. But uh, but my my rhetoric students right now are learning the grammar of rhetoric. They they have to learn the vocabulary of rhetoric before we. Uh, before we can actually talk about the the subject too deeply, and the same kind of thing happens with with humane letters. There's a grammar to it. You do need to know some of the dates. Um, but it's not our primary concern that they have all of the dates etched in their mind. We need to know that the Christianization of the Roman Empire happened after Julius Caesar made it, in, you know, started yeah. and Octavian made him into into right. an empire. But um, and that that happened after the Greeks and the Romans modeled themselves on the Greeks. We we need them to know that flow of history. But but every single date in nook and cranny is not yeah. essential to have memorized. But and but when they're thinking and looking at the flow of history. Circling back to what you said about mm-hmm. these ideas or, you know, one of R.C. Sproul's book, The Consequences of Ideas, where he looks at the progression of philosophies that have led to postmodernism. Mm-hmm. And now here we are in our post-truth world, which I'm sure we'll have an episode about that. Oh, yeah. That's a whole different topic. One we uh, love to talk about. Yes, true. <laughs> but we want our kids to start to think and look at these patterns. So then as they are adults and are seeing similar actions or different rhetoric or propaganda being spoken, they can think critically and not be deceived. Right. Um, and, and know how to understand words. Yeah. <laughs> and that words are meaning and not just be led, led astray so easily. Right. Well, this, this brings me to a quote I wanted to kind of use to kick off of our uh, our discussion today. And I, I referred to Dorothy Sayers' essay, The Lost Tools of Learning, um, and uh, from 1947. Uh, this quote comes from that, and I want to I want to dig into it just a little bit, and then we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more about what Humane Letters is, and then a bit more about what we do with Humane Letters here at the River Academy. And so this quote says, "For we let our young men and women go out unarmed in a day when armor was was never so necessary. By teaching them all to read, we have left them at the mercy of the printed word." By the invention of the film and the radio, we have made certain that no aversion to reading shall secure them from the incessant battery of words, words, words. 
They do not know what the words mean. They do not know how to ward them off or blunt their edge or fling them back. They are a prey to words in their emotions instead of being the masters of them in their intellects. I love I love Dorothy Sayers for this. And, and that, uh, in our notes, Michael just highlighted that last line. I'm going to say it again. They are a prey. They, the students, the young men and women, they are a prey to words in their emotions instead of being the masters of them in their intellects. And this, this is exactly what C.S. Lewis argues in The Abolition of Man, which could be its own podcast. Also its well. own podcast later but on. But he basically says... When we are led by our emotions, we become prey to these, to the conditioners. And in this case, those who print, those who are in charge of the film or the radio or the modern media of communication, the kids will fall prey to words because they're governed by their emotions rather than being able to master their emotions and train their mind and act how they ought to act because they have reason and intellect. Right. First, right, which is why in so many of Paul's Greco-Roman New Testament letters, yep. what is the big call to action? He always talks about, "Hey, this is me. I'm Paul. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. Stop doing these sinful things, yep. and transform your mind. Yep. Repent. Not think differently. Not transform how you feel. It's literally think differently. And that's what we're trying to help these kids do. And I just love that you are pray to the words or to the TikToks or the Snapchats or the Instagrams." Um, because of motion, emotions have become our masters. Right. And, and this was written in 1947. Yeah. Right? This is and not Lewis new. wrote yeah. his Abolition yeah. of Man around World War II. Yeah, so right around the then. Time, yeah. Right around the same time. So these hundred years ago, this was already happening. And so what we see today shouldn't be a surprise right. because it's been in the in the making yep and for a hundred years oh yeah well and, and again well, what, going more more than that going yeah. back we call this this class humane letters one of the things we talk about and, and Michael and I like to really get on this this train and so this will come up I think again and again but is the idea of, of humanism um, is is uh, is in full swing today right we are fully in humanism we're in a in a world where How, what's like a saying where you would define humanism? Uh, man, man is the measure of all things. Yeah. Is, or is man pre- is the center. Man is the yeah. center of it all, and and uh, this this idea that man, that humanity is the determiner of all things. My mm-hmm. like you were saying before, my feelings are the determiner of all things, not any kind of objective outside of self. Which truth. takes us back to our first major book of humane letters, eight Achilles. Yeah, and his rage and how he feels. Right, because he was offended. Right, and so. Uh, right. Well, and, and going even further back to to um, your your seventh grade class in the Epic of Gilgamesh, where where Gilgamesh is just raging all over the place because he's the king and and he can't be satisfied with what's around him. Right. And going back even further, Adam and Eve were deceived and felt like they should know what God knows and that yeah. they should be God. And they saw what was good and they had this desire. They saw that the fruit looked good. Yep. And they put themselves at the center of the garden and said, you know what? Yes, we're going to eat this fruit and know right and wrong so we can be God ourselves. Right. That's what Satan tempted them with. Right. And they wanted to be God. And that's what, that's the story of humanity. That's where the suppression of God's truth and exchange it for a lie begins in these letters of humanity is yeah. man putting himself at the center, man putting himself as, as God. And so then, so then, why do we read, and not just at the River Academy, but but in in classes like the Humane Letters, why do we read 
secular literature that is humanistic in its core. Why, like, we've got Achilles raging. He's a bad example. We don't want our kids to be like him. Mm-hmm. Why do we read that stuff then if it's so humanistic? Well, I was wonder the analogy that came to my mind as I think about my own toddler running around at home is sometimes for her to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. She, I could tell her, yeah, don't do this, don't do that. But there's gonna become a time. When she's at the right age, yep, right? Yes. She's only 14 you, months old. Wait, you old. can't reason with her right now. No. <laughs> There's going to be a time where I'm going to have to let her do something that I've warned her about to experience it mm-hmm. and learn from it. And so we are looking at our students and saying, this is the right time for them now in seventh grade because the humanism attack has already started. The first days that I have seventh graders and we open up Genesis 1 through 3 and yep. talk about male and female holy cow, the questions that I get and the comments and the jokes that they make because it's awkward to talk about male and female and man and a woman becoming Mm -hmm. one flesh Mm -hmm. as God designed designed it to be. The humanistic attack has already been launched on their life. Oh, yeah. And so that's why we are reading these things. So maybe this book that they're reading, Achilles, the Mm -hmm. Iliad, can be this experience of this is what happens when your worldview is humanistic and godless yeah look how foolish this is and dark this is with agamemnon sacrificing his daughter achilles murdering a bunch of people they both are abusive of women to keep it pg yep and they because of their lust for greed and power they can justify sieging a city for 10 years burning it down and butchering everyone right Okay, who wants to go do that? Right. So this book can be that learn. These books yeah. can be these learning experiences. And then as they get older and are really diving into modern humane letters with Mr. Hedick, yep. who does an amazing job. Yep. We're things like The Crucible or Lord of the Flies or Gatsby or Hamlet. or these. But then even the books at the end of his curriculum, Brave New World, which looks which at, is the darkest thing that is on our entire syllabus by far. Yeah, it, it, and saved for the seniors because that is when they are ready for that book. Right, and we've prepared their minds to mm-hmm. be able to 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 dissect, yeah. to discern between right and wrong, to uh, to critically think about the mm-hmm. the messages that are put in there. Um, you can tell that Michael, Michael and I teach uh, the ancients, the ancients and and I, I go medieval. through Renaissance and yeah, <laughs> medieval and and uh, I mean it's. But that doesn't mean that that stuff is uh, – that, that that the topics are quote-unquote safe. But the point is we teach them in a safe environment, yeah. right? We don't need to put our kids on a battlefield exactly. with a sword in their hand you know, and, and with, with literal life and death on the line. Um, we can do that in our classroom and walk them through these things. I'm, I'm doing Dante's Inferno right now with, with my, my 10th graders. We are today, actually, we are going to be getting into the, the wood of the, of the suicides. I mean, we're talking about suicide in, our, in that class. And the kids, you know, they knew it was coming. They could see it coming in the book. And, and we wanted to talk about it yesterday. Um, in a, We have to be able to talk about what, what does Scripture say about that? What is right and wrong about it? Um, how, do you, how do you talk... If you, have, if you have a friend who's struggling with that, what are you supposed to do? I mean, we, mm-hmm. we're wrestling with those yeah. topics right now in a safe place. And, and trying to, yeah, and giving them the experience and the practice mm-hmm. and where they can ask the questions. Yep. Because one quote that um, 
Nancy Piercy says in her book, Finding Truth, which is an apologetics book, and I highly recommend Everyone should read it. <laughs> everyone needs to read it. Five principles for unmasking atheism and debunking any God substitute. Uh, she basically talks about her own testimony and how she wasn't allowed to ask hard questions at her church where people would literally say, and this is a this is a paraphrase yeah. of it, but basically, and the the Christian musician rapper Lecrae shares his testimony at the end, and they both had a similar um, um, uh, hurdle in yeah. their journey was we couldn't ask the hard questions, mm-hmm. and for 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 Piercy, mm-hmm. it was I have these critical these hard tough questions that come from darkness because there is darkness around us yep. and we are at war with the spiritual powers of darkness not flesh and blood but um she said i wasn't allowed to ask my questions yeah my the answer that i would get to a hard question was oh a good christian wouldn't ask that yeah and that's not what we want here no if we're going to think critically we have to ask critical questions and yep. the questions that the kids are asking are the critical questions that the culture today is asking yeah what does it mean to be human yeah and we are trying to redefine it right and it's in our kids's face every day yeah so let's look at well how has history tried to answer that question humane yep letters their writings yep so we can understand their thoughts and ideas yeah but we stand firm on the word of God and integrate the Bible into humane letters. And we also have amazing Bible classes, which will be a different episode. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully next time, hopefully next time is our Bible class. I want to talk about two concepts that go, that are core to um, classical Christian education, but also to the idea of the humane letters. And it's, it's the going back to the Greek word paideia. I don't know if uh, many of us, haven't heard of it. It's a it's a weird word. There's a, a book that came out not well now it's about thirty years ago um, called the Paideia of God by Doug Wilson. Um, but the word Paideia means uh, and I'm I'm quoting from Dr. Christopher Perrin here who who teaches a lot on on classical Christian education. Um, Paideia origi- is originally the means of preparing children for adult life. The word pice is child, uh, and it came to mean the end with uh, the end which this process sought, the telos of uh, the, the end goal, the end point of uh, of something is culture. Um, the Greeks sought to enculturate their children, um, kind of as a whole. That whole um, it takes a village to raise a child. That was very it's a very Greek idea, but they would enculturate their children. This idea of paideia is um, aesthetic intellectual and moral qualities, virtues that, that all go together to, to raise a child from being a child into adulthood. And that might sound familiar to Plato's Academy mm-hmm. and Plato's well-ordered soul yep. of that. If you want to have a stable society, you make good little Greeks. Right. And when you make good little Greeks, they'll have a well-ordered soul Yep. and understand the universe. Yep. A very, uh, he played a very idealistic and pantheistic yeah. uh, philosophies, yeah. and and then with that, the Greeks so the chief art, the chief work of art to the Greeks was the making of man. Greeks were the first to try to mold man according to the ideal arete. Am I saying that right? I think it so. wouldn't be a 
classical podcast without Lots Greek of good and Greek Latin words. words that Mr. Ricardo says wrong <laughs> and gets corrected by his students all the time. Um, but and so the education, the the paideia is the making of men, not training men to to make things. Right. And so the Greeks they are doing that in a humanistic way. Right. And as C.S. Lewis would write in does write in Abolition of Man, going back to the Dorothy Sayers qu- quote. He, Lewis, is saying uh, when you don't train the intellect and the reason and logic um, and you let emotions rule, you are a man without a chest and you're subjected to your based animal appetites and you no longer have moral values and duties and society falls apart. So the Greeks weren't too far off. and, And Lewis is saying the same thing. We need to train minds and to think and to have reason and logic be the govern governing factor in our life, not our emotions and how we feel. Right. And we can know what good reason the logic is because the revelation from heaven, right. God's word in Jesus Christ, the logos has become flesh. Because our logos needs, our, our reasoning needs a moral compass, right? Mm-hmm. We all we need ethos to guide our, our logic. Because if you this, we'll talk about this in in our logic uh, episode, I think. But if you don't have you know morality guiding your your logic, then you can logic yourself to some pretty dark bad things. Um, this kind of just goes with it really quick. Uh, the the reason we bring up the word paideia is because uh, the Romans tr- uh, chose to translate the Greek word paideia with their Latin word humanitas, and so humanitas is where we get humanity or the humanities. Humane letters is is you know it comes back to that same that same root. Um, so it all goes back to this idea of of training children, um, training our students in what it means to be, uh, into what it means to be human. Um, and going with that, so how does this, how does humane letters, um, prepare kids for a job or for college? Is, is that our job? Are we trying to train college well, students? Are we trying to train people for jobs? Is if you're training someone for college, you're training them to do something. Right. But if we, at a classical school, at the River Academy, we want to educate the whole person. The whole person. Which is why we have a rich variety of subjects with amazing teachers. We offer the sports that we can based on our limited resources. Yeah. And we have amazing PE teachers yep. and weightlifting classes. And we're, we're trying to educate the whole person so yep. that no matter what they do, they can think and succeed. Right. No and matter so, what they do, right? Yeah. It's, it's not about so that... The only thing you can do afterwards is, is go to college. Go be a lawyer right. at law school. Right. Which well, we do have some alumni who have graduated from this school who yeah. are doing an amazing job at, in law school. Yeah. Shout out to I, Elise Payton. Yeah. And and uh, and um, we've got engineering students. We've got students who are at the University of Washington working on their on their mm. master's degree in engineering. And then we've got some students who who have joined the workforce and are and remodeling are doing, homes, exactly. building custom homes, right. Physical therapy, special education, becoming both of those teachers. things are good. All of those things are good if they are using the you know the the gifts that God gave them, wherever they are, right? Yeah, and they can whatever wherever they are, they can think through the humanistic patterns around them, and they know how to think and analyze um, humanity. But they also know what it means to be a human being made in God's image 
who lives to steward the earth and glorify him and live a life of repentance and an intimate relationship with the living God, Jesus Christ. So yeah. it's like, that's what we want. And it doesn't really matter what they do after this. As Ecclesiastes says, it is good for you to find joy in the work that you right. do because life is hevel. That's the Hebrew word for smoke. It's yep. here and it's gone. Our seasons come and go and we can't control it. So it's good that we are in communion with God, in communion with other people and find joy in our work because God made us to to work and steward the earth. And right. so that's why we read these humane letters so they can learn lessons from mankind, see where we went wrong in the past, and that allows them to evaluate where we're going wrong right now or in the future when they're 30 or 40 years old. Right, right. And continue to be thinkers, not feelers. Exactly. So at the River Academy, you know what's what's the the TRA difference? Again, if you're if you're listening to this when it uh, when it comes out, so we're we're in the, the 23, 24 school year. Um, you should notice, you know, on our, our website and our social media, one of the things we're talking about is the TRA difference. What what makes us different? Um, and, that, and that can be different from the public schools, from other Christian schools. It could also be different from other classical schools. Um, what's what's the TRA um, flavor? What do we do differently from from um, everybody else? Or you know, what? How are we going either with or against the flow? As our, our yeah. podcast title says. Um, well, talk talk us through what are the the um, subjects for our for humane letters? What what do we do seventh mm-hmm. through twelfth? So seventh grade is the first ancient humane letters era, the ancient Near East. Mm-hmm. Um, we Babylon. Assyria, mm-hmm. early Persia, before they go to the Persian Wars with the Greeks, and um, the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And that is the historical context and landscape for the Old Testament. So yep. in seventh grade, humane letters, we, we study the, the historical narratives in the Torah mm-hmm. of Scripture. So that's Genesis um, to Esther. Yep. And then the rest of the Old Testament, the prophetic literature and wisdom is covered in other Bible classes or the next year in Bible 8, right. which I teach, which is a nice continuation. Yep. And so then they're really we really have struggled to find ancient Near Eastern novels that you could actually read that weren't you know etched on a rock in ancient Babylonian. Right. Well, and are, and are also uh, and are also appropriate con- appropriate for the for so, the age. Yeah. But yeah. and so we we do read the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is the Babylonian flood story, mm-hmm. which is really fun. But we then for the literature side, it's an introduction of this is how you read literature and write analysis about yeah. about literature and and look at what is being said. Yeah. And so we look at the theme also of adventure and yeah. friendship because in seventh grade, you're starting a new adventure yeah. through secondary and you're going to need friends to make it. Yeah. But also seventh and eighth grade is a very it's a perilous t- time yeah. for friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as our joke is, in middle school, they stop being human. And then at, at, they try their best to yeah. not be human for a little while. And then at yeah. some point in 10th yeah. grade, they come back. It's great. Our 10th graders, welcome back. <laughs> we love you guys. So we'll read um, books along those lines yeah. of Tom Sawyer yeah. and The Hobbit, Percy Jackson over the summer. And then we also end 7th grade 
transitioning to to the Greeks and the Romans, which is what HL8 is about, the Greeks and Romans. Yeah. So we'll end seventh grade with the Odyssey, and then seventh and eighth, and then eighth grade is starts from the Trojan War and ends with the fall of Rome. Yep. And ninth, ninth grade picks up with the fall of Rome, and uh, we we read um, some history some history texts. We read some primary sources like um, Saint Patrick's Confession, uh, and we read an excerpts of Saint Augustine's Confessions. Um, we get then into into those epic poet uh, poets of um, the Celts and and England. We read Beowulf. We read. Um, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. I throw some Macbeth in there just because it's timely and the subject matter works, and I can't help with the Shakespeare um, and uh, Canterbury Tales, things like that. Um, then tenth grade is is Dante. The first third of the year, almost half of the year, is Dante's Divine Comedy. We read all three of them, um, and then we get into uh, things like the Fairy Queen and Paradise Lost. And then eleventh uh, and twelfth grade is um, is Kind of around the oh sorry I skipped also that we get into the Renaissance and the Reformation you know in terms of the art as well in tenth grade then eleventh and twelfth grade are um, kind of early modern and modern and they read uh, the Crucible they read the uh, Lord of the Flies they read Hamlet they read Brave New World um, piles of books and we're we're only giving you a smattering there's there's the, we we make endurance. our kids read a lot yeah endurance by Shackleton or about Shackleton um, yeah they they are they're really really fantastic. Um, pieces of literature um, and and we you know these really are these classes really are worldview philosophy history literature and writing all rolled into one it's like five and subjects speech, and speech, speech yeah speaking speaking and debate yep. and yep also we have a ton of creative avenues for the kids in humane letters which is why a tra difference is you have two periods of yep. it so this allows work periods to help with the, the workload. And if I could just put a plug in yeah. for all of our junior high parents, if your student is complaining about work, the first question should be, are you using your class time productively um, to get work done? Because all of us HL teachers put in work periods, full periods, hour, mm -hmm. um, or larger chunks of time. Um, for students to get work done, to get coaching from us, and to and to get the help that they need. Yep. And so that's something else that makes a difference is the two periods a day. And that gives us time where it's just not the literature and writing like a basic English class. We can talk about history. We can look at art. But we can also give them the time to do creative projects, making models of castles and yep. diagrams. Yep. And at the end of each season – each season, I'm taking sports yeah. here, you know, I'm a coach as well. Uh, at the end of each year, they do what's called a poesis, which is to make, and in their their era of history, it's okay, look back at this, the culture that we just studied, make us something. Yeah. You know, we had one uh, current ninth grade girl, um, when she was in eighth grade, or actually when she was in seventh grade, she forged yeah. an Assyrian sword at her house. With her dad. Yeah. It was just like the most amazing thing. Like you could top, chop someone's head off. Yeah. We've had uh, trebuchets and, uh, and catapults. Guillotines. And guillotines. That can slice watermelons. Yeah. Out. That was a little... All, all, done, all done with supervision. All and with permission. Supervision and permission. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not permission, but... Well, yeah. One of them asked... This was a few years ago. One of them asked forgiveness rather than yeah. permission, but... Uh, and yeah. that's kind of also a difference, you know, too, is at our school, we can do 
projects like that where we are making the weapons of old and bringing it to life because we want to bring it to life right. and that's right. what's part of the relational trust and helping parents helping and communicating with us and making plans for you know this or that like there's been so many times where a dad will message me on campus and just say hey my son said he could make this trebuchet for your class is this true it's like yes he's like okay i'm gonna help yes but if you help him it's, and it's then it's the like answer. yeah okay and i'm gonna bring it in the truck because it's massive and i'm gonna help him run it and make sure no one yeah. dies it's like yes that's part of the yeah the partnering with parents yeah. so yeah it's really that's my favorite time of a unit yep. is when the kids get to create. Yeah, it's so cool. And because and that's and that's rhetoric right there. Right, rhetoric is 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 synthesis is put is bringing everything together and then expressing it yourself. We we, we you know I, we believe me we have them write a lot of papers. We have them write a lot of speeches. They do a lot of those very you know uh, black and white academic things. Yeah. But why we also value the artistic expression of different things or the or the creative expression through you know, forging a spearhead. I, I had a student do a spearhead in my class and he rammed it through some water bottles uh, yeah. um, last year. And uh, that the kids, you know, get excited about something. And if you're excited about it, you want to learn about it, yeah. right? You want to dig into it. And so, and you want to work harder for it. You're, they're way more willing to put in hours and work hard on something that they are excited about than yes. something that we've just... Yeah beaten into them right yeah and another great part of humane letters is we can't deny that we live in a technical age yeah. with technology and so we try to also teach them how they could use their technology for a tool yeah and also how and hopefully how to steward it well and so yeah. like one great example is when my seventh graders make models of the tabernacle they can make it a physical model and i but then i've also allowed them to make it on Minecraft mm -hmm. and they bring in their Xboxes and plug it into my projector and take us a tour. But what's really cool it, is... It took them six hours to make it. You know, yeah. they, they spent forever doing but it. But there's so many Indeed. details yep. for those kids yep. that if they were to make it in a shoebox, it would just look like hot garbage. Right, right. And But then you also see them partnering and working together... Yeah. Um, on something. And so that's what's also really great about it is humane letters, the human experience and yep. bringing in technology in, in productive ways. Yeah. And, but they can still create art and it's so fun. Yep. Well, so at the end of our podcast, and we, as you can tell, Michael and I can can go on about this for for a long time. Uh, and and if, if Nathan or Jackie or our other Humane Letters teachers were, were here, they would they would we would be, this could be a three hour episode. We'd still be on. <laughs> yeah. What is Humane? We, we'd still be talking just about that. Yeah. Uh, so so the thing we want to bring it back to at the very end is, uh, are we going with the flow? And I guess it depends on what that means. Are we going with the flow with Classical Christian education? Are we going with the flow with education uh, in general or with public education? What do you say? Are we going or, with the are flow? Are we going with the flow of culture? Yeah. Where, um, you know, another plug for ancient history, you know, why were Christians martyred by the Romans? It wasn't because they believed in Christ, it's because they refused to syncretize and call Caesar God. Right. They refused to do what the culture demanded. Right. And so. Are we going to just like go with the flow and syncretize biblical values with cultural values? Um, we don't want to do that. Right. 
And so that's why we do humane letters, so yep. they can think and know the truth. Absolutely. In fact, we are teaching them to go against the flow. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's and not just what, that we are. It's that yeah. they're going and against the flow. And that's what Jesus said. You'll be persecuted because of me. When you live like me and you think like me, yeah. you're going to be different from the world. But it turns out right. that difference is the salt and light of the earth. Right. We're teaching, we're teaching our, our young men to be young men of this, of, uh, this valley who, um, who stand up for what is right. We're teaching young women to stand up for what is right um, and to know the truth and be able to speak it in, in love. And to be thinkers. To be thinkers. And, and to use logic and reason and not be governed by feelings. their feelings yeah. Yeah. or their ever-changing emotions. Which teenagers don't have ever-changing no. emotions. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to Going With The Flow. As always, uh, or I guess as, as starting from now, you can email us at podcast at org if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to... Uh, to cover questions about what we've just talked about again, you know whether if we get a flood of questions, you know going again going with our our river uh, imagery there. If we get a flood of questions, we'll need to do a maybe a mailbag episode or something like that. But if it's if it's just a few, um, we'd love to try and answer them uh, and uh, maybe just at the end of future episodes or something like that. We'll figure out what to do because um, this is going to be massively massively popular and just. Thousands of people listening right after Thousands this. of Thousands. subscribers. Yeah. Hit, smash that subscribe button. <laughs> hit that like button. Um, Ring the bell. Get us to the moon. There you go. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week.